All right, let's continue the baseball talk. Sooners and Frogs tonight, 6 o'clock, 5.30 pregame on Sooner Radio, Lupton Stadium in Fort Worth. Jeff Williams will be on the call this weekend for TCU Radio, and he joins us live now. Jeff, good morning. Thanks for a few minutes of your time today. We really appreciate it. Oh, happy to do it. Toby, what's up? I'm excited. I'm excited about this weekend and the time of year and, and the urgency that everybody feels right now. Uh, educate us up on the season that the Frogs have had in your mind so far. It's kind of been a weird one, and primarily, I think, because the starting pitching has been so fluid so far this year, part of it due to injury, uh, part of it due to really ineffectiveness at times. Their bullpen has really been one of the strengths of this team that's kind of bailed them out of that. And just an example, this weekend, they're going to go with, two new guys in, this, in their starting lineups for Saturday and for Sunday, so don't really know, well, really, actually Friday and Sunday, I should say, don't really know what to expect, know those guys are capable, but we'll see. But as far as the season goes, the, the way I kind of characterize it is I've felt all year like this is, a, this is a really good team, but my question is how really good are they, if that's, if that's grammatically correct. I know they can play ball, but it just it seems like, okay, you've got this super high, and then there'll be a drop-off, and they're currently kind of in that a little bit. They had won four games in a row, then they go up to Oklahoma State, this is two weeks ago, and just get hammered on Friday night. It was 13-2. to But then they come back and win Saturday and Sunday to kind of at least to some degree take control of the conference. Then they've come back since then and lost three in a row, including DBU, which I know – Oklahoma fans are mm. familiar with. They they just also yeah. lost the game against DBU. But it's a team that they've got an identity. And, again, I think they're a really good team. I just don't know how good they are. I mean, and we're talking degrees of good. But it's a good ball club. But it's been kind of an odd year. It kind of fits and starts, thankfully for them, uh, more starts than fits. I am intrigued by uh, the starting rotation this weekend, and you alluded to it there. A couple of changes. Uh, what brought that about in your mind? And then tell us about each of these guys that we're going to see Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Well, all of it kind of started back in mid-March when Austin Crowe, their, generally their, their lead guy, the Friday night guy, went down with a shoulder injury. And once that happened, okay, they've got to you got to find a new Friday guy, that, and those guys aren't just sitting around on street corners to to throw in as your lead pitcher. And they brought in Riley Cornelio, and Riley Cornelio in that role thrived. He was just I'm not going to unhittable is extreme, but just incredibly good. And you know it was when he's stacking wins up, and then all of a sudden, I mentioned that Friday game at Oklahoma State where they just got destroyed. Riley Cornelio. I mean, he'd gone, I think, a month without giving up more than one earned run in a game. And then all of a sudden, Oklahoma State, and they do this, you know, they, they hit the ball. This was up at O'Braid in Stillwater. It just got hammered. They did recover, but then last week, they go to Florida State for a non con midweek or a non con weekend series. He didn't get an out. That was last Friday night, and he didn't record a single out in that game in a game in which they got beat up pretty good. And so there's one move and why it's made. Now, I mentioned Austin Crowe having been out since mid-March uh, with the shoulder injury. He did pitch against Oklahoma State, came in, and he's electric. He's a lefty. He's going to throw 95 to 97. He was he came in for a couple innings. They're slowly working him back in. 
Pitched a couple innings last week against Florida State. Did okay. He was really good, though, against Oklahoma State. So he's back in his normal role. Question is, how long will he go? Because they've been, they kind of babied him along here, rightfully so, because they want to make sure it doesn't recur. It's go time now. It's May. And so there's that. Marcelo Perez is a guy that a couple of years ago as a freshman was electric out of the bullpen, throwing 98, 99. He may have even touched 100 a few times. They have now put him in a starting role out of necessity, and he's been fantastic. And so he's the guy that's sticking right now. They also had a, a, a kid named Brett Walker who had been their Sunday guy. They've since pulled him, and now they're going to go with – and he'd been okay, but uh, they have now moved Caveman Parker into that Sunday role against Kate Horton. Uh, but he has been their midweek guy. And Caveman Parker's a freshman, uh, has been pretty solid, actually, in those midweek games. And, and TCU plays some fairly notable midweek games. They don't, it's not all just ding-dong teams by any means. And he's been really solid there, so they're going to give him a weekend rotation start. He's a freshman uh, and normally goes, uh, you know, four. He might get five, uh, but that's the way they're going to roll. So two different guys and uh, one in a totally different role from a midweek starter to a weekend starter, which is a little bit on a bigger stage. And then Austin Crowe coming back, and the question is, how long will they let him go because uh, he is working back from injury? Talking to Jeff Williams from TCU Radio, what do you feel like this team does best? What's their biggest strength? Uh, probably there are probably two things. What they grind on pitchers. They, they're one of the nation's leaders at walks. Uh, sometimes maybe to their death detriment, but they will grind a pitcher in a pitch count, and they generally don't have starters that go really long against them. They get guys on base if they're not hitting. They're going to get some walks. I mean, it's not uncommon for them to have occasionally double-digit walks in a game, but you can usually count on 5 to 10 for sure, and usually with a high pitch count. It's because they are fouling off balls, but they just grind starters. The other thing is, and I was looking at the rotation for Oklahoma, and they go two righties and a lefty. I guess they lefty tonight, right, I believe? Correct, uh, in, yes. In Jake Bennett. Um, they kill righties because they generally will have seven, sometimes eight lefties in their lineup. A couple of those guys are switch hitters who haven't hit better from the left side, but they have had tremendous success against righties, which is also why they were able to be as successful as they were up at Oklahoma State, because Oklahoma State flat out doesn't have a lefty. They just don't, because you would have seen it if, if uh, they did have somebody they relied upon, all three starters are righties, and they didn't bring anybody from the left side out of the bullpen. But they feast on right-hand pitching, and that really has been a tremendous strength. Their defense is also very good. They're probably a top 10, 15 defensive team in the country as well. So those are probably the three best things they do. They grind pitchers. They play good defense. And if you throw a righty, good luck to you. At least that's been their story so far this year because that's they're not always successful. Nobody is thinking baseball. Um, and we all hate baseball and love it, right? But it, they're just really good against righties. What's uh, I know Kirk's been around for a while. Kirk Sarloos takes over this year as head coach. But as a head coach now, what's the what's the noticeable difference between the way he goes about things and Schlossnagel did? If there is one, maybe there's not. 
Uh, I don't know that anything, any one thing jumps out again at this first year, you know, getting the, the, the feet wet. But the one thing that he does that's very similar to what uh, Coach Schlossnickel did is that he's kind of a, for the most part, and this actually, more I think about it, maybe it's a little bit of a difference. But Coach Schlossnickel, he was ride or die with his nine guys, you know, in terms of the DH and then the position players. It was, here's my guys, let's go. And Kirk Sarlos has shown a willingness. If somebody's really struggling now, he'll give them a lot of rope, but at some point he will pull the trigger and make a change. Uh, an injury situation in the left field was created, and he's still cycling through a few guys to try to fill that spot. But And he's also moved some guys around. In fact, he even took his longtime second baseman, Gray Rogers, and moved him into that left field spot for a little while and brought a guy off the bench. That's something I can't see Schlossnagel having done at all. Because, again, he's a ride-or-die guy. He just, here we go, these are my nine, and let's go play baseball. But he has shown maybe a little more willingness to, to experiment a little bit when the situation calls for it. Where do you feel, last question for you, Jeff, where do you feel like TCU sure. is right now um, in the NCAA tournament picture? They are Probably in the game of the law right now. If the snapshot is, I, I think they're probably a really high two seed. Maybe I don't. I think hosting it right now is is a tough spot, just because of the couple of losses to Florida State last week. But with two series remaining, again, they're playing with a game, uh, series in hand over a lot of folks because they last week was their first non conference weekend. For the entire year, they've been playing straight through. But if they were to, and again, this is Big 12 baseball, but if they were to go, let's say, finish out 6-0 and in conference play, they've got Kansas next week. Obviously, this week's going to be a serious challenge. Is Oklahoma, Oklahoma, I, mean, I know they lost the midweek game to DBU, lost a couple in a row. But if they could finish five out of six, they might be back in the conversation to host. It'd be an eight, probably, but... They've got some work to do, but I, I, right now I think there's probably a high two seed. If I had, if, it, if the tournament were to start today, they'd be a two seed. It's going to be fun weekend. It's going to be a toasty weekend down in Fort Worth. I think we're looking at 90s on Saturday and yeah. uh, Sunday in that uh, outdoor upper deck radio booth there at Lupton yeah. Stadium. So I'm going to bring my tank top <laughs> and sunscreen this weekend. It, Jeff, thank you so much. I look forward to this. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was going to say, I, generally you're okay in the shade up there. But it, I'll tell you this, while the outdoor conditions aren't ideal, it is the best seat in the house as long as you don't have somebody right sitting right next to you that happens to be a huge – you know, you got to strategically <laughs> place that, that ambient sound microphone or, or you're getting a whole lot of woo bird right into the mic. So be, uh, be careful of that because it will be an electric atmosphere. It's always, I always uh, it's crazy there. Uh, I always make some pretty good friends in the upper deck when I'm there, so I look forward to that uh, this weekend. You bet. Hey, Jeff, thank you very much. We'll see you tonight. You bet. Safe travels.